The Q Affair While some similarities to living people may exist in your mind on reading this novel, it is a work of fiction, so it's your problem if you have people like this in your life. Chapter 9 I called my blog post Desire, the Crucifier Christian, because I'd noticed some people on the forum the Jesus-loving Christians used had referred to her by the moniker the Crucifier, perhaps feeling she'd hammered a few nails in them, then hung them out to dry rather heartlessly during their time on the forum. I found it a pretty accurate description of her personality and not much of an exaggeration in terms of how far she might be prepared to go in her hate campaigns against those she disliked, based on some of the things I'd read about her. Her own channel was becoming more disruptive as time went on, and fights and bickering were starting to spill out from there, with the inevitability of a rowdy bar at closing time when the patrons are inebriated onto other channels in comment section where her subscribers were also posting. The purpose of the blog post, in my mind, that is to say, apart from the entertainment value of the story I told, that she probably wouldn't have wanted told, would be to have a place I could provide a link to for anyone who is having problems with Desiree on her channel, should they turn up on another channel, bewildered about why she had, they had been thrown out and needing to understand what had happened and that there were others, oh, so many, in the same boat as themselves. Hostility towards Desiree was growing among those who felt they'd been blocked unfairly or had their questions or comments removed, and these were posting bewildered or angry comments in other channels. When their comments were removed or they'd been blocked by her truth fleet, Obversely, some subscribers were becoming fiercely loyal and the whole atmosphere in her live stream chats was developing into that of a cult, the very thing she'd insisted earlier that she objected to. Her loyal followers were deaf and blind to any views but the approved views of their leader and all dissenters were blocked out of her orbit completely. She acted as if she were oblivious to the cultish behaviour except that she made more frequent references in her videos to what freedom of speech enshrined in the US Constitution actually meant, telling subscribers that it didn't extend to people being rude to you in your own home when your opinions weren't asked for. In practice, she was encouraging the mentality that was evolving on her channel by handing out the blue wrench tool in her chats to all those who agreed with everything she said unquestioningly, until her chat area was festooned with wrenches everywhere. She had more wrenches per live stream than even the biggest channels, although she usually had only 14 or so people in her chat, and it could be an intimidating atmosphere for those without who knew what the wrenches did, as it made one wonder why so many were required. The wrench tool, shaped like a little spanner, appeared beside the avatar's name in chat once she awarded it for such loyal behaviour and allowed the owner to block anyone they chose from chat, effectively stopping them from chatting again until such time as Desiree unblocked them. The wrench tool was much sought after 
and I often heard subscribers ask how they could get one, particularly the most frantically Christian ladies in chat, who, for whatever reason, were terribly keen to block everyone that Desiree or they didn't like. The biographical information in the post, based on what I could find out about her on the internet, regarding her past interactions with people in forums, religious groups and newspaper articles, would warn people to approach with caution, I hoped, as Desiree the Crucifier was liable to cause disruption again, almost certainly to their feelings and possibly even to their pockets. This worry I had about her money-making activities escalating wasn't expressed in the post at all, and I tried to stick to a non-biased presentation of the facts as I'd pieced them together from different internet sources, leaving it up to anyone who read the post what final conclusions they wanted to form about Desiree for themselves, based on what was already out in the ether and on her channel in the couple of videos of hers I linked to in the post. Let the reader read between the lines themselves, I thought, instead of me telling them everything I thought of her, as it was a journey you took, pushing your boat from shore and paddling for a while, before finding yourself drawn into the depths with Desiree. I had a good idea she would be quite annoyed with me when she read it herself mild enough though the post itself was in tone because of the outbound links from it to the things I'd discovered online, which weren't so mild at all. And it contained so many items of interest that she hadn't told her subscribers about during her nightly foray into the ongoing saga of her victimisation by the predatory stalkers that had killed her daughter. I didn't refer to her daughter in the post either as I felt it would be tasteless to talk about the death on a blog which was written in an upbeat and light-hearted tone. Besides which, I hadn't actually found out very much about how her daughter died, despite looking for clues and listening to her live streams. I hoped that the post would be funny too, because there were many comedic elements to the story once you piece together her version with the version all the other people online were telling as well as more characters she'd written about in her blog, which left you in no doubt that she'd like to get a hammer and nails to them too, to crucify them, if she caught up with these stalkers as well. And we saw the real story start to emerge. The amount of people dragged into Desiree's orbit by her internet activities was astonishing. And once one met Desiree, it seemed, she kept you in her thoughts forever, with a lot of the names from many years before, in the year of her daughter's death, mentioned in her videos, cropping up frequently, often to the confusion of subs who had been a little slack about the learn to discern rule of research, and didn't know who the new characters in the story were that popped up. I saw at least one poem set to the music of Yellow Rose of Texas, written about her online. There was a memorable reposting of Desiree's advice for dealing with left-wing terrorists who could attack you at demonstrations or any other highly charged public confrontation situations you might find yourself in without warning. This involved baiting them into calling you crazy 
so that you couldn't be imprisoned for defending yourself. Desiree never presented these darker side of the story, of course, since they were inhuman monsters, and one wouldn't want to risk humanising them, although she was usually so outraged talking about them, spittle flying as she jabbed her index finger repeatedly at us to emphasise some point about these inhuman beasts that I doubt she would have been capable. I was giving their side of the story as well as hers on my blog post with the forum threads and other links I'd come across shown. So naturally it had struck me as only wise to make a few tweaks to by replacing my real name with my YouTube name in case she wanted to phone me up or do some of the other things people had complained of that I wasn't keen on being on the receiving end of. Having changed the blog name to my YouTube account name to make it easier to avoid the inevitable fate of crucifixion, should she wish to hammer in the point that she did not approve and deleted any biographical material I'd included, replacing it with the short generic sounding blog about myself, which I hoped was fairly vague and gave away no personal information on me that she might use to find and punish me for daring to post about her. I took the further precaution of also changing my Twitter avatar name to the same so that she couldn't find out my real name or address there either, should she come across it. On Googling myself, I saw a couple of things with my real name from old art exhibitions, which were on other people's sites, so couldn't be removed. But I hoped any Miss Marple style investigations on me wouldn't reveal them or link them with my blog. I didn't mind if she realised it was one of her own subs writing about her, since she'd asked us to investigate and all that. I sought only to avoid the real-life crucifixions I'd read about and knew she liked carrying out. Unlike Desiree, I wasn't interested in getting on YouTube to tell people my life story and didn't want her to be doing so for me. I considered hers fair game since my post related to the people she was talking about so disparagingly in public videos nightly, and to the story which she'd said she wanted her subscribers to research and share with others. I linked to the primary research materials within the post so that people could look up what they wanted or just read the short and, I thought, pretty funny post and be as amused by it as I had been if they hadn't the time or interest to want to see the rest. I hoped the post would also appeal to the general reader as a kind of curious little tale from the internet with some funny bits and a few twists and turns like the cult membership this sweet old lady had kept from her viewers and the description of her channel content. There were links provided to a few of her channel's uploads so readers could enjoy some of the videos themselves. There was also an outside chance that Desiree herself would have approved of the post had she a sense of humour or seen the benefits of someone pointing traffic to her YouTube channel. Over the course of the several years since I stumbled on her channel and lost my way there with other subs, she proved many times that she lacked this human quality entirely and the ability to appreciate it in others, as some people do. So when the post was eventually discovered by her, she went full DEFCON on it, 
It was a phrase first popularised among channel subs by Colonel Ray Peters, who used it to hilarious effect once when having a Q-drop related meltdown, weeping tears down the front of his floral khakis as he confided to viewers that he suspected President Trump was going to let him down about Israel someday. Over on Desiree's Truthfully channel, things were going along swimmingly, so far as Desiree was concerned, because she had a solidly loyal core group of six or seven subscribers who she awarded the little blue wrench to, who could be relied upon to block questions instantly. And often the discussion of whether someone was a troll or not, one of her favourite accusations when a question popped up in the chat, was the hot topic no matter whatever else was being talked about by Desiree in the video, and regardless of the feelings of the person being discussed. The term troll was one Desiree had familiarised a lot of her middle-aged and elderly subscribers with. She may have been in her 60s, but she was no slouch in the internet terminology department. I didn't know myself what the term meant despite being younger, having associated it with hairy creatures who lived in caves in the side of mountains. I'd heard the term used in chat alongside videos, though, and it seemed to mean different things to different people. To Desiree, it meant anyone who asked a question she didn't want to answer, didn't know the answer to, or who wanted her to discuss a topic she didn't want to discuss like the details of her daughter's death and how the murderers carried out the deed or how the investigation was to be done. She explained how trolls were there to disrupt and how they should be blocked when they appeared. She trained her wrenches to hate trolls and pointed out that they often looked innocent at first, but when they started questioning, it was with the intention of trolling her, and they needed to be dealt with. She trained them well, and they enjoyed meeting new people coming into chat, giving them plenty of attention when they appeared in the chat section, because these didn't have the blue wrench appearing beside their avatar name, so they could well be one of the little beasts that should be blocked quickly. The moment the unsuspecting new arrival asked a question or made a comment, the cry went up, is that a troll? And the hunt was on with a mad scramble ensuing to see who could block first to claim victory and win Desiree's approval. There was a lot of genuine love for Desiree, as well as the hatred that some were starting to harbour towards her for the unfair treatment they felt she'd gotten at their hands what with being labelled trolls for asking about the murder when the topic came up, or a question that wasn't wanted about another topic that came up, and in other comment sections, like Colonel Ray Peters, there were running spats between Desiree's wrenches and those who had been ejected by them. On her own channel, negative comments didn't appear in the comment section at all, since, like the trolls themselves, she had deleted them. It was on Colonel Ray Peters' comment section that I met Silver Moon, as I told you earlier, and we discussed with someone else the fact that there were definitely some strange things happening on her channel. It was a relief to be able to talk to people, to compare notes and see what they thought of things over on the truth fleet.
We all thought that the atmosphere on her channel was increasingly heavy and cult-like, more pronounced still because of Desiree's professed hatred of cults. I showed them a link to the Kidney Christians article from the newspaper, posting it in a comment reply, and told them how there were things I'd found online which made her stories a bit hard to believe, because she'd left quite a bit of relevant information out of them. I didn't run into people to discuss it with often. More often it would be one of her subscribers seeing me on another channel in chat or comments saying hello to people or talking to them in chat as a video was running, disagreeing with me, no matter what the topic was. And I suspected this had to do with Desiree's training of them. They were turning into trolls themselves out on other channels hoping she'd see them attacking her enemies and earning her her approval. They even discussed it themselves in their chat and comments on her channel without shame. I learned new expressions sometimes from these exchanges that shocked me when I found out what they meant. I found it jarring too to believe that someone who could accost me on another channel's comments after blocking me for saying the wrong thing while they were doing their wrenchly duties on hers could possibly be in the same age bracket as Desiree while telling me they didn't want to scissor with me. Yet I couldn't imagine someone much younger being interested in her stories and grubby little abode when they could be off on one of the many gaming channels, indulging their love of trolling language, violence and excitement by watching live streamers parachuting out of helicopters to shoot everything in sight for hours on end, all through the evening and night. Maybe some of these had a few spare hours earlier in the evening to kill and missed their grannies. I never figured it out, as you don't get to know who all the subs are. Goodness knows what was going on in the handwritten mail that went back and forth regularly between her subscribers and herself. As far as I could make out from her encouragement for subs to write to her via the email address with her channel name under the video, beside her PayPal account link, should it slip your mind and in the various emails she received regularly from the small hardcore of wrenches who she'd become so close to, she usually didn't refer to the letters much, although she always had a lot to say about other things in her life, like her stalkers. We were to hear at least some of the contents of the letters later on, but it did make me wonder what she was trying to achieve at the time with the off-channel communications she was establishing with subscribers. She didn't seem to be a genuinely friendly person, so much as a motivated tactician type. Was she going to hook up Brother Don with new cult members? It certainly could have been heading that way too. I just didn't know what Desiree's game plan was, but I could see she was a masterful strategist when it came to knowing how to stir up trouble. And I knew that she was still in contact with Brother Don, years after the Jesus-loving Christians had disbanded on the forum. I was still in the research phase then, nearly ready to write the post. 
but having first paused briefly after completing my researches to consider whether I was going to write a post out of a petty spirit of wanting revenge for having been eventually banned completely from chat and comments myself on her channel for asking questions, or whether it was in the more altruistic spirit of wanting to warn others about the trouble that they could be in for on her channel, or even just because I fancied writing something entertaining, which seemed a good enough reason for it. I decided it was a combination of a few of these and wrote it. After it was written, it went largely unread for a while, as I had very few followers on my blog, until another incident happened on Desiree's channel, which drew a lot more attention to her than she'd already received. There was another channel creator called Monograph, who Desiree despised. Along with cults, stalkers and Satanists, she had an obsession with paedophiles and found the subject of paedophilia highly engaging. What a treat it was then for her to discover Monograph's channel, popular among some of the more arty, less fundamentalist type Christian truthers, for its liberal, oops, shouldn't use that word for fear of offending conservatives, use of Illuminati Im imagery in some of the videos, with all-seeing eyes, checkered floors, and Freemasons in funny aprons galore, in arty black-and-white montage videos. Monograph also did a fireside chat series of videos in which he himself appeared, telling stories which often featured cabals and Illuminati elites with spooky or horror-related themes that his subs enjoyed greatly and looked forward to eagerly. Monograph had built a large channel and he had many trolls, in part because he was rumoured to be one of that part of YouTube's biggest trolls himself, along with his friend, Mr. 23, who was said to be the accomplice who helped him extract revenge on his trolls by doxing them publicly on video. He and his helper, Mr. 23, laid claim to the boast that in all the years of running the channel, despite many trying, they had never been doxxed. Doxing meant making public on the internet someone's identity or place of work or home address or all of these. Many threatening videos appeared on his channel too, with Monty's piercing green eyes glaring into the camera lens at very close range, giving the impression, along with the nature of the threats and the information he was revealing about the person he said he was going to give a learning to, producing a certainty in the viewer that he wasn't a guy you'd want to have a falling out with, as he would be prepared to cast you into hell and stand and watch you burn, laughing like a very devil at your screams, while jabbing a little trident into your burning flesh too. The promise that he could locate you right down to your door made you feel that he could well turn up there, and it wouldn't be tea he wanted if you tried to troll him. So when Desiree started mentioning him in her videos as being a monster who was a satanic paedophile, I was shocked at her daring. I asked once in comments, when I was still unblocked, did she have any proof of the allegation? 
since it was a big allegation to be making about someone, a criminal one, and besides, bound to cause a, a more than a little offence. She was angry with that question, of course, and if I remember correctly, that was the question that got me ejected forever from her channel. She continued to make the accusation in the next few videos, and she did better at getting Monograph's attention than she had Colonel Ray's or Gerald Cross's, because he dropped into comments with his response to the allegation. He wasn't pleased, was my impression. Not happy at all. So Desiree had finally managed to get the attention from a big channel, and it would result in a lot more attention being drawn to her, and not all of it positive.